This weekend, in many ways, we hear kind of two sermons from St. Peter. In our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, we hear the very first sermon that Peter ever gave. And the sermon took place immediately following Pentecost. Immediately following Pentecost, as we know, the, uh, or at Pentecost, as we know, the disciples were in the upper room. They were kind of scared for their lives. And the Holy Spirit came down upon them in, in, in tongues of flame. And they immediately went out in the midst of the people and proclaimed, uh, proclaimed the gospel, proclaimed Christ crucified and risen. But they did so in all different languages so that all the people that were visiting Jerusalem at the time could understand. They were accused of being drunk. And so Peter stands up and he gives this sermon saying, no, we are not drunk, but we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we proclaim to you this gospel. And Peter goes into describing to them in a, in a similar way that we hear about in the Gospels, what in the Old Testament refers to Jesus and how he was to rise from the dead and how his resurrection from the dead is the very fact that confirms everything of who Jesus is. And then we hear him in our second reading today from this first letter of St. Peter. He says in the first letter of St. Peter, to conduct yourselves with reverence, during the time of your sojourning. So we see kind of this movement of Peter. We see this movement from, of Peter who denies Jesus in the midst of the trial of Jesus. We see how he has all of a sudden this great courage to stand up and speak before thousands of people who are in Jerusalem. And then we see how Peter writes this letter to confirm the early Christians in their faith but also to remind them that their lives are meant to be sort of this, this witness to all the people that they encounter. And I think this letter that St. Peter writes is written to us today as well. As St. Peter says, conduct yourselves with reverence, we ought to also conduct ourselves with reverence as well. And the word that they use here in sojourning, I think is a word that we can also talk about as pilgrimage. When we talk about our Christian journey, our Catholic journey, we talk about it as a pilgrimage beginning at the moment of our baptism and going to the point of our death, and hopefully with the final result being eternal life. Just like a worldly pilgrimage, if we were to go to pilgrimage to Rome to visit the major basilicas in Rome, we'd have our beginning point, the airport, wherever we take off from, We'd get to Rome and we'd have the culmination of visiting all of the major basilicas in Rome in order to gain the graces that God wants to give us in, in, in that pilgrimage. But the, ultimate, but the ultimate grace that we receive from living this life and pilgrimaging in this life is eternal life. Eternal happiness with God in heaven. Beatitude with God in heaven. And this idea of pilgrimage is kind of confirmed in our gospel today as well. Because we see these two disciples who on that first day of the week after Jesus has been crucified, after they realize the tomb is empty, they realize, oh, we have to get back home. We have to get back to our lives. We have to get back to our work. And they're kind of filled with this despair. They've kind of lost hope. Lost hope in the gospel lost hope in everything that they had believed Jesus to be. And so they're walking along, discussing these things. 
And this man whom they didn't recognize, we hear that he is Jesus, begins to explain to them everything. Begins to lay before them all of the scriptures. Everything about Moses, who is the epitome of the law, and everything of Elijah, who is the epitome of all of the prophets. And this is significant because we see at the transfiguration that Jesus appears with Moses and Elijah. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the fulfillment of all the prophecies. And thus he lays out before the disciples in their walk, in their, in a sense, pilgrimage of faith, lays out before them everything that referred to him. So that when we are walking through our faith as well, it's important that we are also studying the scriptures. It's important that we are constantly going back to the scriptures. And when we begin to study the scriptures in a deeper way, we in a sense are walking with Jesus. We are seeing how in the Old Testament, in all of the Torah in the Old Testament, is being fulfilled in Jesus. And so we begin to understand more of who Jesus is when we study the Old Testament. When you see the writings of Moses and the historical books of the Old Testament. But then in the prophets, how all of the prophets foretold the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Christ. And so when we begin to study those things, we get a, this more, this fuller picture of who Jesus is. And we begin to contemplate these things as we go about our day amidst our work. It's the things that we are doing every day. We can contemplate these mysteries of the Old Testament so that Jesus is constantly with us. But even more importantly, what happens when they arrive to their destination, but they sit down for a meal, Jesus takes the bread, blesses it, and breaks it and disappears. Because it's in that moment of the breaking of the bread that they realize who Christ is, who this man is that has been with them, that it is Jesus, and he has fulfilled everything that he said that he would fulfill. That term breaking of the bread is the early reference to the Eucharist. That's what they called it in the early days of the church. So that when Jesus broke the bread in this moment and disappeared, they had his presence with them in that broken bread, and they consumed it to take him into themselves so that they could be caught up into him. And what did they do? They immediately got up and ran back to Jerusalem in order to tell the other disciples that they have seen the Lord. And in our walk of faith, when we are studying the scriptures, when we're diving deep in the Torah, diving deep into the prophets, going to our prayer in the Eucharist, receiving him in the Eucharist, there is a certain joy that ought to kind of bubble up within us that we want to run and share that with those that we encounter. To share this joy that we have experienced in our Lord. As we walk along in our faith and we pilgrimage in this faith, we don't want to do it alone. In fact, this pilgrimage of faith is never meant to be alone. We're always meant to be with the whole church the whole communion of believers. So even if we really are alone in a place where there are no other Catholics, faithful Catholics around us, we still aren't alone. We have all of the saints 
all those who are in purgatory who are with us, encouraging us to live our faith and be a public witness of the very things that Jesus has taught us. So that in our walk of faith, we constantly have the saints praying for us. We constantly have their encouragement to be walking along this path, to be meditating upon the law and the prophets, and to see him in the breaking of the bread. Because every time that we come to Mass, we, in this mysterious way, exit this world and enter into heaven. When we see the breaking of the bread on the altar and, the, and after, the on the, after the prayers of consecration, Jesus becomes present on the altar and we bow down, we kneel down, and we worship him just like we hear about all of the angels and the saints and how they do in the book of Revelation. That revelation of John who is, has that vision of heaven. And so we are doing the very things that they do in heaven when we come to Mass. We are getting a foretaste of that ultimate reality that we are called to, to give our lives to Christ, to be with him forever in eternal life. Throughout this Easter season, as we continue, I encourage you to continue to read the scriptures, especially the Acts of the Apostles during this time, to see what the early church was doing, to see how we are living in accord with what the early church was doing, but also even to go back to the Old Testament to see how Jesus fulfills what is in the old. So we may have a deeper understanding and a deeper love for him that when we come to the Mass and come to the breaking of the bread and come to the Eucharist in prayer, that we may really love him and give our hearts over to him and put our complete trust in him, that he will provide for us. Even in the midst of some despair, loss of hope, trials, whatever's going on in our life, God is always there. Christ is always with us. May we place all of our hope in him, all of our trust in him, and go to him in the breaking of the bread.